Amen. Hey, can we, get, can we give it up for those who are watching online today? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out. We have people that watch just from all over the country. It's really kind of a cool thing. It's amazing uh, what, what people are doing. Uh, we, had a, we had a lady uh, on Tuesday show up. Nobody knew who she was. And, uh, and she, she was coming to, to help fill bags. And um, wow, she said, this is my first time inside the church doors. I've been watching online for three years. I said, isn't that the coolest thing? I mean, thank thank you for, uh, you know, thank you to Aaron and the online team. I mean, that's that's a big, that's a ministry, right? And she she came and she filled bags and she came back, I think, and worked on the, the block parties. And it was just, the, it's the coolest thing. And if you're watching, you know, online you and you're in the Hickory area and you want to come out and help with some of the events, come on out. If you're in different cities, our daughter watches from Omaha. We have people watching in Montana and California and Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Florida, New York, all over the place, uh, Texas. Thank you. Uh, we have people that uh, send checks in from Florida every month. I mean, thank you. I mean, just thank you. It's just it's amazing uh, what God is doing. Um, what God is, uh, people are getting fed through modern technology. So, uh, yes, we've all lost people during COVID, but COVID also caused us to up our game uh, as far as the uh, social media goes, and people are getting, their life is getting changed. And so, uh, thanks to the camera people as well. The camera people work hard. So, just a thank, give it up for Bethany and Aaron and the, just all, you know, what, didn't the drummers do a great job? All three. Remember, there, there was two, and then there was... Our drummers killed it today. It, that was... That was awesome. I could have just went on with that for about 45 minutes and then came up and prayed and said amen, but that was warfare. It really was. That was warfare. Well, we're, we're, we're in the Psalm, Summer in Psalm series. I hope you enjoy, have been enjoying uh, this series. I really have. In my, in my prep work, I, I take a lot of time uh, for prep and a lot of, just a lot of study time. And I just, I've been reinvigorated. This is what the Psalms are supposed to do. The Psalms are supposed to reinvigorate. They're supposed to refresh us. That's what the Psalms are, are written for, is a refreshing. And, and I feel like this summer has just been refreshing even for me. Just through, you know, doesn't mean that everything's like mountaintop. Uh, some things, we, we go like this. We have different decisions. We have different choices. We have different things we're praying about. But the Psalms refresh us. And Janie and I, uh, we read out of the Psalms every morning. Janie cooks uh, breakfast for us and makes coffee. And my job is to get the Psalm book. We have a special Psalm book our daughter sent us from Omaha. It's a really cool book, uh, a cool cover. We're into cool books. Uh, I read a lot, uh, and but sometimes I just buy a book because it's cool. You know, it's just this is a cool book that you can actually read. So my job is to get the the song book, and and we go out on the back. We have a back patio, sun porch or screen porch, and we read it. And half the time I forget the book. And Janie says, "You got one job to do, one thing. I do all the breakfast. I do the coffee. I bring it out here, and you're and you don't have the book." So I'm getting it right now. So I get up and, and then we read the psalm of our psalm of the day. We're on maybe Psalm 19 or 20 or something like that. And uh, we, pray, we read it as a prayer. 
And so it's been refreshing. You know, it's just been really good. I encourage you to do the same. If you haven't started, go ahead and start. Uh, and I would say this, don't even stop. Like, a, it's 150 psalms. Just read through. And, then, and 119, break it up. Don't try to read that all at one sitting, you know, 176 verses. Uh, we're going to read. The coffee will get cold by the time you're done reading that. And uh, we want you to have hot coffee. So, But Psalms 24 is what we're going to study today. And Psalms 24, although it's after Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, it's a different psalm. Psalm 23 is written by David learning how to become a leader. And knowing that uh, the Lord is Jehovah uh, Rohi is is the great shepherd, okay? And so we know that. But now he re- he's reading or writing 24, and it might not be in chronological. It's placed in there. But he's writing 24 as a leader. He's reminding Israel. See, uh, people had always feared Israel's God, but they never feared Israel. Now, David has built a military power. He's conquered some nations, and he's killed some kings, okay? And as you walk through life, and you defeat different things in your life, maybe you beat a habit or an addiction, or maybe you've, you've become somewhat successful, or maybe you got a 401k or something, some earnings or some pension, then, then the enemy will come a different way. He'll come at you with pride, and he'll say, ah, that was you that gained all that wealth. And, and we're taught in Scripture, Deuteronomy 8.18, that it's not by our means that we've gained wealth, it's by God. God gives us that wealth to show himself fruitful and show himself faithful and to see what we're going to do with it. Can he trust us with it? Is is his trust without borders in that regard? So David now is writing Psalm 24 from a power position. He is the king of uh, Israel. He is is doing things right. He's trying and he's relying on the shepherd, but now Israel is to be feared. Israel is this nation that is dominating, okay? And so are they going to get prideful? Are they going to be uh, walk in humility? And so I would say that again, if the Lord is blessing you, if the Lord is giving you things, if the Lord is is walking things out with you, he wants to continue to do so, but he doesn't want us to do it in a prideful state. So David throws out a reminder here uh, to Israel, and then he kind of shows us how to walk through it. So we're going to read the first two verses of Psalms 24, then we'll, we'll navigate through. Uh, David says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded upon the seas and he's established it upon the rivers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know it's anointed. We know it's holy. We know it's blessed. We know it's fruitful. We just pray, Lord, as hearers today that we could open our spiritual ears to hear. We can open our heart to receive, Lord, and we can open up our, our, our actions to perform. Father, Lord, those things that you are going to give us today, in Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. So David here is giving us an insight. He's giving us an initiation to who the victor really is. We think in and of ourselves sometimes that we're successful, that we've made it, that we've accomplished it. Maybe if you're not at that point today, at some point in time, if you stay in this fight long enough, you'll get to the point where now you, you understand uh, the battle. You understand who this, this, the, the battle is over. You understand what the, the victory is about. 
Uh, in the form of victory, three things happen to the, the victor. The first one is the victor gains the spoils. When they would go out to war and they would uh, battle a nation, then they would able, in most cases, a couple times in Scripture, one time God tells uh, Saul, don't bring anything back. Go ahead and kill everything and bury everything, okay? And he does, and he brings back some choice gold, some silver, brings back some choice cattle, some women, and, uh, and that's when Samuel says, what's the bleeding of the sheep that I hear? Why haven't you been obey, obedience? He said, well, I'm going to sacrifice them. And, and Samuel says, obedience is better than sacrifice, okay? And it's the same as witchcraft when we rebel or we disobey God. And so that's the case. And then another case in Joshua, when he, when he takes down the walls of Jericho, God says, put everything okay, in, in, in a special place, and we'll use it. But then later on down the road, the other 32 battles that he fights, they're able to, to, to split up the spoils. And so to the victor goes the spoils. You watch uh, any sports, at the end of each season, there's a championship trophy of some sort, you know, and so they'll hold up the trophy. That's the spoil. You are Jesus's spoil, okay? You are his trophy to the king, uh, you are his, uh, his masterpiece. And so when we recognize who we are, so this, at this point in time, we're not at a disadvantage. Even though the world may say something that maybe you are a mistake or you're a misfit or you're a loser or you're out of line. No, you are a spoil in a good way to the king of kings. You, you are presented to the father as his lovely child, okay? And so to the victor goes the spoil. Also then, to the victor goes the culture. The victor sets the culture. And that's important to know because now, we're not operating in a worldly culture. We're operating in a spiritual culture, okay? We're, we're in a realm, okay, that we can look at a different dimension. I spoke earlier in the year on the one, two, three dimensions, okay? The things that we touch, the things that we feel, the things that we see, the things that we walk on. Those are the three dimensions, but there's a fourth dimension. There's a spiritual dimension, and this culture is all spiritual, and so we have warfare. We have those different things. The songs that we sang today, we're doing war fair, we're looking at a different dimension. We're looking at a different culture. So the victor always sets the culture as well. And you'll see it in, in uh, sports teams, successful teams, high school, college, uh, uh, pros, uh, even literally, there's a good culture. If there's a culture of, of discord, if there's a culture of disorganization, if there's a culture, that's how the team's going to perform. But if there's a culture of getting their act together, of everybody in tune, everybody lined up, everybody, uh, everybody showing off, there's a culture of winning, then we see that in pro teams. And then last but not least, there's a, the, the victor writes the story. This is why we believe this book that, that was written by God, okay? And yes, it was pinned by uh, men and women. It was pinned by people or about people that are earthly like us. But the overall over em emphasis is God is in charge. This is what David is telling Israel now. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all who dwell therein. He's letting them know that, yes, maybe we have had some sense of success, but this is God's plan. This is all God doing this. It takes me back to the, the story of, of Job. Job is 42 chapters, and except for the first 10 verses and the last 10 verses, Everywhere in between, basically, Job's life is just hell. I mean, it's just, it's horrible. He, he just, he's been, uh, he's been uh, um, 
offered by God for Satan just to kind of mess around with. And by the way, sidebar, I don't believe Satan can do that anymore. Uh, Because of the work of the cross and the bloodshed that Jesus, there's now a separation, there's a chasm. This is why Satan is then turned into the accuser of the brethren. So he comes and he makes lies to our mind. He makes lies to other people about you, that you're no good and those type of things. But he can't, in my mind, he can't come before God anymore. But there was a day when he could. And the angels were coming through and all of a sudden God sees Satan there. He says, what do you want? He says, I'm looking for someone just to mess around with. And, and God says, have you considered my servant Job? And it's like, you know, Job's a good guy. Job's blessed. And, and he tells us in the first chapter, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. What an attitude, right? What, what, what a thought process. This is what David is saying. Hey, it's all God's anyway. God, basically, if you want to do anything with me, go ahead and do it because I'm going to... Now, some of it's a product of the fall. Some things come to us because just because there's a fallen earth, there's pollutants, there's different diseases, there's different... Part of that's a product of the fall. Can God heal? Yes, God can heal. Will God heal? Yes. Ultimately, we're all going to have glorified bodies on the other side. But Job's Job's got these friends that come to him, or actually, back up for a second, Job is looking at his life, and he's having a party, he prays for his family every single day in case they would go out and do something wrong, and then a guy comes up over the hill and said, hey, uh, all those cattle you had, they're gone. They they ran off, they died. All those sheep you have, they ran off. Your house is on fire, it's burning down. All your kids just died one by one by one. People are coming, and all of a sudden, then he's still loves and serves God. Satan goes before God one more time and says, yeah, but you know, you got a little hedge around about him. And God says, I'll remove that hedge, but you don't, don't, uh, don't kill him. So all of a sudden, then Job has all these boils on his body, and it's like almost leprosy and boils and the shingles and everything you can imagine, like even poison ivy. I, sometimes I get myself in a, a little bit of a fix, and I get poison ivy on my arms. And, and then one day, right before Andrew and Emily got married, a week before, I was weed whacking and got poison ivy all over me, didn't realize it, wiped myself down, and then wiped my face down. And my lips and my eyes were swelling shut. It was the week of. And Janie says, you look like a wreck. We better go get something. So they shot me up full of steroids. I had the greatest workouts of my week. <laughs> Asked if I could have more. They said, no, the poison ivy's gone. You shouldn't take any more. I said, ah, bummer. Um, think of that. And then Job is sitting in this ash pit, scraping himself with broken glass and broken jars. And he's just wondering, and he's kind of complaining. His friends have come to him and said, uh, Job, you need to curse God and die. His wife comes to him and says, Job, you need to curse God and die. You've definitely some, did something wrong. Most people that come to you and they act like they're friends, they, want, they say you've done something wrong, they just want to make it easier on themselves. They don't really want to clean up their, their stuff. It's tough to walk through something with somebody. It's really tough. Even though God's called us to do that, it's tough to do that. So when Job's friends come to him, they just go ahead, Job, and die because it's going to be easier for us than watch you wallow. And Job never gives up hope. But at one point in time, chapter 36 or so, maybe 37, Job asks a question to God. He says, God, what's going on? I kind of did think I was your favorite there for a while. Why is all this happening? And why don't you hear my prayer? And then he goes this. He says, in fact, why don't you answer me? And God says, I'm going to answer you. I'll answer you, but I'll answer you in my way. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to bow to your demands and answer what you want to hear. Here's what I have to say about you, Job. 
Do you stop the ocean's waves at the shoreline? Have you named every star in the sky? Do you have a warehouse full of hail and full of snow? Did you create the mountains and did you create the oceans? I talked uh, maybe six months or a year ago about the number of stars. The number of galaxies that we're aware of is one with 29 zeros after that. And then in each galaxy, there's at least a billion stars. And, and God has named every star. And no, now think about that, because it's mind-blowing for us that have finite minds. That's mind-blowing. This is the victor that we serve. This is the God that we've made king of the universe. He already was but we made him king of the universe in our heart. And so Job is kind of wallowing in self-pity. And God says, wait a second. You don't even understand what I have control of. I've created this universe. And David is saying the same exact thing. Israel, I need you to get this for a second. In other words, he's like today, Grace Church, you need to understand this. God is in charge of everything. And all of a sudden, Job kind of starts to get it a little bit. Well, all right, if you want me to suffer, I'm going to go ahead and suffer. It wouldn't be my first choice. But then he starts to pray. In 42 and 10, he starts to pray for his friends. And every single thing becomes reversed. Everything starts to change. He starts to get doubly and triply blessed. It's just like he has more than he ever had. Why is it? Because we ultimately serve the victor. And even though life seems to throw us curveballs at times, we have to understand who the person is that takes charge of us and who the victor is, that Jehovah Nisi, that banner of love, that victory that we spoke of earlier. And so do you need to know this, that first of all, we're serving a victorious warrior, victorious Lord. Let's go on to Psalms uh, uh, 24, 3 through uh, 6. Then he tells us, uh, David does, on how to get this victory. So he, he lets us know who the victor is. Like that it's the initiation, okay? Here's the, here's the victor. This, God's got everything. God's got it all control. Now, it does take a lot of faith, and it does take a lot of trust, and it does take trust without borders, to say, okay, maybe things aren't the way I would choose for them to be, but I trust that God has my best interests at heart. In the first service, we had our, our dog, Bo, in service. We, he's in a board and train right now, and this is like his last day. And so the, the trainer who goes to our church, first service, Stacy, she brought him to church, unbeknownst to me. And then she was sitting with him. I thought, this is such a great illustration because uh, like Bo's a different, a different dog. Bo's like different and, and in a good way, okay? And so I'll, I'll get into that in just a second. So David says, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. The, his motives aren't for himself or selfish. His, his or her agenda isn't to uh, take from people, but to give to people. Their, their, their heart is, is innocent in that way who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, doesn't lie about people, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob, Selah. Stop, pause, think about it. So this, this second part is the, the redeemed. We, we see, and this is the invitation, 
I brought Bo up, and because Bo was just laying in church, had a Grace t-shirt on, looked so cool, and uh, maybe we'll have pictures on Instagram later, I don't know, but he was just laying there. Now, um, I know, because I'm part of Bo's ownership team, over the last three years, he wouldn't have done that uh, two weeks ago, before we brought him to the trainer, and the trainer taught Bo disciplines, where we were teaching Bo, and trying to teach Bo, and sometimes we were teaching Bo not good things, all right, and we would, we were, you know, maybe Bo would be frustrated with us, stop it, Bo, and every time we did all that, he thought he was being encouraged, so he would continue to do what he was doing, and the thing about redemption is we don't always allow ourselves to be fully redeemed, like, I want a little bit of Jesus, enough to get me out of hell, but if I got to really do all that Jesus wants, I, I don't know if I can buy into that. Like, if Jesus wants me to suffer with him, I'm not, I didn't sign up for that deal. Like, I want a filet. I want, I want, I want, I want strawberry shortcake. I want, I want, man, I want, I want certain stuff in my life. I want, you know, I want a combination pizza with a good salad and a tall glass of Pepsi. I don't want the things that God wants for me that are good. And, and Bo, through our trainer, uh, learn, has learned that it's good to be disciplined. It's good to learn. It's good to obey commands. And one of the things that we learned, because uh, here's the other thing, when, when the dog gets trained by a, a trainer, professional trainer, then the owners have to get trained. So uh, Janie and I and Andrew and Emily went and got trained for two hours yesterday on how to rehandle Bo so that we didn't mess him up. Because, you know, we messed him up pretty good the first three years. So now he's recorrected over two weeks, and he's going to need more training by us. But she wanted to train us so that we don't mess up, you know, Bo. Like, you know, two, two weeks of this, I don't want you guys messing him up. So here I'm going to train you guys now. See, what happens when we get saved, when we get redeemed, all right, is there might be mess-ups in our life, but then we have to go back and re-allow God to uh, challenge us on some things. And so David does this in Psalms 51, verses 10, 11, and 12. He talks about this redemptive nature, and I think we have it. He, he says this, to, because he fell with his episode with Bathsheba, and, and, and he was in, a, he was in a, a bad way, and he didn't know it. Like, Bo was bad but didn't know it because that's how we trained him. And Nathan, David's prophet, comes and says, hey, there's a, a small uh, sheep herder over there that had a few sheep. And a, a big a shepherd with a bunch of sheep came in and stole those sheep. David, what do you think we should do? And King David says, you should kill that guy. And Nathan said, David, that guy is you. What do you mean? Well, you took Uriah's wife, and then you had Uriah killed, and David laments before the Lord and repents. And so, although Bo didn't know he was being bad, now he knows he's being good, and David has to retrain himself. And so he says this, Lord, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. That's what you felt when they were singing that song, Make Me Brave. You felt God's presence because people around you were making war on your behalf. People around you were, were, were engaged in, hey, there's a battle going on. And take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. King James says, or uphold me with a willing spirit. Renew a right spirit within me. And so this is what we would say redemption. It's the invitation of being redeemed, of taking what was once 
ugly or nasty or, or broken or unfixable and making it fixed to where now we, we stand waiting on the Lord. Isaiah said, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall not up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be worried. They shall walk and they'll not faint. And then we added in the song, teach me, Lord, to wait. If we can wait on God, then that redeeming invitation comes. And, and not only that, but the scripture says that he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of salvation. I used to say, Janie, get your dog. <laughs> and it's your dog. And, and she would say, it's not my dog, it's Andrew and Emily's dog. And now yesterday we went home and said, isn't our dog great? <laughs> Don't you just love Bo? Andrew and Emily have always loved Bo. I was 50-50. Sometimes I'd like him. Sometimes we have a gate in our backyards, fenced in. We have a gate. That gate's open. He's running around. Sometimes he'd run around for 30 minutes. He didn't know Combo. Now he knows Combo. Bo, come. He comes. See, I think that's us with the Holy Spirit sometimes. We're like, I love God, but I'm going to go do my thing, and God's calling us. And he's, and he's, and he's pleading with us, come, just, just come unto me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come unto me. Stop worrying about it. Stop having anxiety. Stop doing all this. Come unto me. And we're running all around until we get tired, and we go back because we know the shepherd's going to feed us. And yet, when God calls us, we should come right away. And we're his where he's redeemed, and he says the blessing, and I have a screen they'll put up there, God's intent. Let me give you uh, seven things really quickly. This is God's intent. God's intent is to bless his people. If you are his person, he will bless you, but it may not always be the way we want it, but it will be what's best for us. He wants to bless us. See, his plan has always been to restore the blessing to us, okay? Like the blessing was taken away in the garden, so now I need to restore that blessing. If I'm going to restore that blessing, then I, I need to get my people. I need to redeem my people. If I'm going to redeem my people, I need to have the Holy Spirit train them. And not to compare our lives with a dog, but dogs are domesticated animals, and so sometimes they need training. As spiritual beings, we need training as well. So it's very vitally important that we understand that God is trying to train us. He trains us through suffering. He trains us through low places in our life. He trains us through high places in our life. He trains us through broken relationships. He trains us through good relationships. He's always training us. He's always redeeming us. He always, his intent is to always restore the blessing. He has empowered you to succeed. He has empowered you to succeed. Yeah, but my life feels like a failure. Pastor, I've been married this long, or I've been trying this long, or I've been broke this long. I've, I've got these issues. I've got these problems. I don't know. He has empowered you to succeed. You need to allow him to discipline your life. You need to allow him to disciple you. And, and yes, he puts people in our life that, yeah, they just rub me the wrong way. And the first time Bo went to the trainer, uh, they were at odds. And the trainer had to prove who was in charge. And Stacy was in charge. And now Bo is like, man, just listens to the commands. Go, go get him, Bo. And he's a, he's a peach to be around. When we allow God to train us, and then we become what was unlovable. We become lovable because that's God's intent is to empower us. He connects us to the blessing. He connects us to the blessing. We're, listen, church should be community. Church should be a gathering place where we're not looking at somebody's 
failures or shortcomings. We're looking at what God has hoped for them, what God has life for them. It's like, oh, man, I, you know, I just don't want to hang around that person. Why? Because they've, God's put them in your life to maybe help with them, help encourage them, help give them hope, help give them blessing, help give them life. He connects us with people. Can you say amen? The blessing is literally both spiritual and material. Uh, you know, some people say, well, yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't believe in that prosperity message. I, I do because I have a good father who wants to see me blessed. But at the same time, I know it's spiritual because he wants to see me instructed as well. He wants to see me corrected as well. And so I, I have to have balance. I have to have a, a balance in my life that says, yes, I, I believe that, that God gives me stuff, one, so I can give it to other people. He gives me finances so I can bless the, the, the orphanage. And by the way, and I haven't even told you, we're up to $5,000 on the lemonade stand. I mean, that, think about that for a second for, for our friends in Nicaragua. There's just more coming. There's, there's more coming. I just prophesied in Jesus' name. But there's more coming, 5000 for a lemonade stand. Some people have a lemonade stand, and they're excited if they get three or four bucks. It's like, I've just been better off just giving you 20, honey, rather than but $5,000. It, it, it's community. It's, it's, it's blessing. It's, 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 it allows us and it connects us. It's, it becomes real. It becomes material, but it's also very spiritual. When the enemy thought he could blow off a roof in Nicaragua, he didn't realize there was churches in America that were going to partner together to be a blessing. That's connection. That's connectivity. That's, that's you, that's a, that's a little girl that's five years old that says, hey, we need to have a, we need to have a lemonade. And, and, and Janie says, well, you, you, what if you got 50 bucks? I think $50 will cover it all. That's just speaking in faith, right? Not realizing it needed to be $18,000, but that's just speaking out in faith. From, and, and Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. We need to have childlike faith. God, this is not too big for you. This is what David is saying. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This is not too big for you. I'm part of this earth. I'm part of creation. I'm part of what you made. Lord, it's not too big for you. I'm just going to fall in line and be obedient and walk it out in obedience because I know you've got great things for each and every one of us. You are living proof of God's word to others. You are living proof. Like God, like Grace Church, you showed up this week. Over 100 volunteers bagging uh, clothes and bagging food and throwing them on vans and trucks and showing up and taking them to different people and then helping out with the lemonade stand two weeks ago. Just all that. Grace Church, I thank God for you. And those watching online, thank God for you being part of Grace Church. Why is that? You are living proof of the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. When God dealt with Janie and I 20 years ago or 18 years ago to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, we had no idea what it would look like. And, and Marcus started running 200 kids in, 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 in uh, children's church at our other church. We were running three full-size buses and two vans, and he was picking up anybody and everyone. We were giving them bikes, and we were giving, and it just it dawned on us. We never tried to be a children's ministry, but... We always wanted to be the heart of God. And that changes to where now we're buying meals in Haiti and Nicaragua and we're giving people food on the streets of, of Hickory. It changes. Seasons come and seasons go. But we always become the hands and feet. We're living proof. And then last but not least, he releases the blessing. God releases the blessing into all of us. This is God's intent. This is his intent. If we walk with clean hands and a pure heart, if we understand the commitment that God has for us, and then let's read the last uh, several verses. Now we get spiritual. Now, now this is supernatural. This is something that I would challenge you to do in your home. 
uh, was something I would challenge you to do in your neighborhood, uh, in our church, in our community, uh, in your workplace. Lift up your heads, O gates. Now David is talking spiritual warfare, which we, which we did do earlier and we will do here in a moment. Be lifted up, O ancient doors. The, the doors were spiritual. There were gates on cities, and some gates were bad, and some gates were good. And, and David here is recognizing that, hey, there's gates here, and there's spiritual gates here. We need to allow the right set of gates in our home. We need to allow the right set of gates in our business, the right set of gates in our, in our community, in our churches. We need to pray against uh, uh, the gates of the enemy and allow spiritual good gates in. He said that the king of glory may come in. He's serving notice. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. And lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory, Selah. So the ancient gates, and this is very spiritual, so grab a hold of this, because some people don't understand spiritual concepts. We didn't really understand why Bo did some of the things he did, and yet we were allowing it to happen. Well-meaning. He, he just won't listen. You know, he's, just, he's a dog, strong dog, 80 pounds, all, all muscle. He's just, you know, he, just won't, he just won't listen to us. you got to pull, you got to yank on that collar. And, and when we, Dale and I were talking, sometimes that yanking is, is, is spiritual legalism. It's a religious tradition. Well, you can't do that. And you got somebody yanking on But there's freedom knowing that now I, I'm, I'm well-trained. And, and we, we didn't know that we were allowing some of these things in our lives. So hear the spiritual implications. Serve notice to the gates that are over your life that you don't want part of anymore. Gates, you have to go. I'm now allowing the king of glory to come in. Who is that king of glory? The Lord, mighty in battle is he. Come on back, worship team. See, if we don't understand the spiritual makeup, the spiritual nature, the spiritual well-being of each of us, that over our homes, maybe there's a spirit of addiction in there. And maybe it goes way back to great-grandpa, but nobody's broken it. Or there's a spirit of alcoholism, or there's a, there's a spirit of whatever, poverty. There, there's spirits in the, that try to operate even in our cities. We have a team that prays the last day of the month for 24 hours, but we have some open slots, people that need to jump on and help us pray for our communities against those, uh, that, those spiritual things that are unhealthy that would allow people the freedom to come in and be able to worship a God and receive him as Lord and Savior. You're here because somebody prayed for you. We're all here because somebody prayed for us, some person that maybe didn't even know you by name, but they were praying that God would remove those, uh, those ancient gates and would spring wide those heavenly gates so the king of glory could usher in. See, in our homes, uh, Janie and I, we've, we've, we've placed uh, uh, tent pegs inside of our, our gates, written Deuteronomy 6 and 4. The Lord is one God. He's our God. Over So when you drive in our driveway, we hope that you feel the presence of God. We, we've placed them in the gates of the city, in, in Hickory, in the surrounding areas, so we can make notice that the, the Lord is one God. He's God of, uh, of the city. But you might have to do that even in the spiritual. I'm not going to I'm not going to lay down anymore for this for this offense. I'm not going to lay down anymore for this for this, you know, the whatever this whatever is bothering you or or, or or owning you. I'm going to spring wide that gate for the king of glory to come and stand with me this morning where you're at.
Please, tell me you stand. Thank you. We're going to worship here in a minute. But if you, you might have gates in your life, you might have spiritual strongholds. And maybe like, like us with Bo, we didn't even know some of the things that we needed to know. Maybe you don't even know that there. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there are strongholds in your life that you need to release and ask the King of Glory to come in. It could be many, many, many things. Not handling a situation right, blaming God, being offended, hurt by God. Uh, you know, be like Job. Like, God, why is this? God had a reason for it. We don't always know it. But at the end of the day, when you stand before the King, He's going to honor you for the way you handle that situation. Throw those gates open for the Lord. Shut the gates on the enemy. If you need prayer, you can come up and pray. If you want to just spend time at the altar, if you want to worship. But, but I, want, I want you to know today that David is speaking from a power, a position of power, saying, hey, it's your time. And I want to say the same thing to you. It's your time to put a clamp on things that are bothering you to put a clamp on strongholds in your life because the God that you serve, he's God of everything. Father, I pray right now that you'd release your spirit in this place today. You'd release your spirit upon people hearing and listening online. You'd release your spirit that they would, they would crush the strongholds in their life and they would open the gate to the King of glory. Who is that King of glory? The Lord mighty and battle is he. In Jesus' name.
big boom boom or something. That's what spiritual warfare really looks like. And the Bible says, you, like I said earlier, you, God, that you would train my hands. And sometime when the enemy comes in, you know, you don't want to punch the problem or the person but you want to lay a hand on the enemy and that is done on our knees in our prayer time in our warfare when when um it's really just faith coming up when when things look like it's not going to work out you just say you know what i don't believe that i'm speaking against that i'm laying stroke i'm saying nope i don't receive that i don't receive that and that's what i do a lot of times when i'll get a negative word from somebody or a situation that we're just declaring healing and why isn't it coming i don't let allow the enemy to bring me down i just say it's not going to last real long. God's got a reason. God's got a plan because he is able to do that. So I just begin to, I'll walk around my house, just start clapping in Jesus name. I'm just laying a stroke on the enemy. Sometimes I might just dance a little bit. I'll just kind of jump up and down. Sometimes I just pray in my spirit, spirit language. Because the, the heavens, God knows what we need when we don't know how to pray. We just pray through that. Pray through your spirit, pray through the, your spiritual language to the Lord. And that's that's where your healing comes from. One of my favorite verses, I don't know if, um, Dave, you could put that back up. It's Psalms 51, Pastor brought that out. It says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. There we go, okay. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. This has been something that I have forever prayed for. I mean, uh, since a child, this was one of those, everybody has like a, a key life scripture. This has been mine. And there's been times in my life that I have made mistakes, big ones and, and dumb ones. But I always go back to this and I always, I always read it as creating me a clean heart. That's me humbly saying, God, here I am, forgive me. Renew a right spirit, because I want to walk in a spirit of right, righteousness, right ways. Don't take your, it says the Holy Spirit, but I would always say, don't take your anointing away from me. Because without his anointing in the ministry that he's called me in, I am nothing. I would be off pitch. I can't even clap. But with his anointing, before his glory, his presence falls. And that's your gift and that's your anointing. Whatever it is, you just say that prayer. And I would encourage you to say that every day when you get up and you start your day. Father, create in me a clean heart. Give me a right heart today. Let me, let me do things right. Don't take your anointing away from me because I need it. I walk in it, I treasure it. I am nothing without you. So try that this week and just know that our gifts come from him, our correction comes from him. If we have that heart that says, creating me a clean heart, when he needs to do things and needs to clean us up, we don't walk offended. We, we can't be offended. You can't offend us if you're in that right spirit. If you're in that right heart, people can come up and say things, well, they hurt my feelings. Creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. That's what I do. And I encourage you to do that. Just find that every day. Get up in the morning. Say Psalms 51, creating me a clean heart. 
renew a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence because it's in his presence. That's the anointing. That's where we want to live. So nothing can come at us. Nothing can bother us. Nothing can bring us down because in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Amen. What a great word. That was a great word today. So good. Amen. Great drumming, drummers, little drummer boys. It's okay to have fun in church. It really is. It's okay because in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So if we're not happy and you're not getting the beat, then maybe you need to get in the presence of God. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. If you didn't like it, then sorry. Okay, I'm going to pray. Yeah, I'm getting a little, yeah. Creating me a clean heart. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Remember to do that. I have to do it all the time. But Father, we love you and we bless you. And we do truly say, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation, thy salvation. Restore that to us all. So, Father, I pray that over every person, Lord, at the sound of my voice, Lord, even maybe they're going through a hard situation, even watching online, and they're just going through a situation where maybe they feel like their joy is a little bit down or their faith is a little down. We all go through places in our life that are like that. But, Lord, we can come to Psalms 51 and we can say, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit, and restore love that, that you would restore in us the joy of when we were first saved, when we first got that relationship, when we first found the love of Christ. Restore that first love, that childlike faith. Let it just come alive that whatever comes at us, we don't care because we're walking in the newness of what God has for us and our trust is truly without borders. So we bless you and we pray that over every person today that you go with them and you open doors that need to be opened and you close doors that need to be closed. And Lord, you would cause your face to shine on them, the blessings of heaven just to overtake them. In Jesus' name, we give you glory, honor, and praise in your name. Amen. We love y'all so much. Have an awesome day. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.